Hello everybody, welcome back to the football cast. Today it is going to be me and my co-host Oscar. Hello. And sorry for the slight delay on this week's episode, but it is coming and we have got your latest transfer and football news right here. So if you do enjoy, remember to follow and keep listening. We have a lot of topics to talk about this this um, week, so if you do enjoy, as I said, keep on listening right to the end. So. We're going to start off with transfers, and what a big week it has been. Obviously, the transfer window opening last Friday. We've seen some big signings from all over Europe this season so far, including the likes of Erling Haaland completing his move to Manchester City. Um, we're going to talk a bit about what what does this have an impact on the Premier League, and in specific, the Golden Boot race, because obviously it's, it has been hottening up over the years. Heung-Min Son, Harry Kane, Jamie Vardy, all those top strikers, Salah, um, all going at it. Um, but now we see the element of Erling Haaland, someone who has scored so many goals um, in their career. Could this be a very, very big turning point in Premier League history? Now, as we dissect this, this, these two specifically transfers, um, it does also have an impact other, in other places on the pitch, obviously. Um, obviously, Erling Haaland, sorry, um, the Manchester, Manchester City number nine, I just feel like he's going to get so many chances, and I feel like he's going to outscore Nunes, outscore Kane, and maybe even Son because of the chances he's going to get from the Man City midfield. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Erling Haaland, he's he's such a good player that if he does get the chances, he finishes them. He scores. He's got the strength. He's he's got the power, and he's got the finishing. So um, I won't be surprised at all if he gets a, a golden boot race. And I think that I do expect him to get maybe in his breakthrough season um, below twenty-five. But after that, I expect him to be, you know putting in more than 25 goals in the Premier League a season. Yeah, obviously that is exactly what Manchester City need as well, a prolific striker. They've never actually had an Aguero replacement, have they? So they do really need to keep on, you know, keep the keep the um, goal-scoring threat alive. Obviously Kevin De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva and the likes of them have done excellently so far. But it, it will be definitely a different story having that prolific of a striker up front. Um, and then we also move on to Liverpool. Same with them, really. Um, I presume Sadio Mane will be heading off, so it'll be Jota down the left, Nunes in the middle, and um, Salah on the right. So that's shaping up to be a really, really good revamped um, front three. And obviously, if Liverpool maybe start to look for new targets next year as, um, as Salah is ageing, they'll have a completely new front three by next year which is really excited for them really exciting for them also moving more into Europe we've seen Audrey Lee and um, Chiuameni uh, make his move to Real Madrid I think he's done the right thing and not do what um, Mbappe did which was stay at or go to PSG for the money um, I think he's done the right thing and that's going to really progress him in his career yeah and especially um, you know for Real Madrid I think it's a really good deal you know um, their squad especially in the midfield um, is is aging, you know, with the likes of Casemiro, who's about thirty two, I think now, and Modric, who's um, thirty six, I think. Um, so um, you know, it's good for them to revamp their midfield with a with, with a young prospect, you know, as these players do start to age. 
Yeah, definitely. I, I completely agree. Um, and obviously, you've seen what Modric, um, and you, you know, you see what Modric does, and I think that's exactly what they want to make Chuameni because now they have Chuameni and Kamavinga. That's a big turning point for them because they've replaced the two old players, Casemiro, um, well, not Casemiro really, but uh, Cruz and Modric, um, who are incredible, incredible players. But definitely, are, it is probably time for them to, you know, consider their future. Um, obviously. Moving also into Europe, um, Nuno Menge has completed his deal. Um, he was on loan from um, Sporting CP, um, and now he is um, now he is a, a full PSG player, which is a great signing for them because obviously the left back has been probably um, has probably been you know a, a weaker position for PSG, and they they need to find a new manager obviously because Pochettino has been officially sacked, so they'll need to find. A strong midfield, a strong um, manager who can take them to that Champions League title they've been wanting. Also, another talking about yeah, young pro- prospects, um, Davide Fratesi from Sassuolo has gone to Roma on loan. Um, a big, um, big boost, definitely for oh yeah, but uh, for Mourinho if he was to complete that. That was a, a rumor still. Um, and obviously, it's very, very, very likely, as well, what we're hearing in quite advanced note negotiations. I wonder if there would be a buy clause in that, because he does seem like a very good young talent. Um, you also take into account um, Billy Gilmore has um, renewed his contracts. And then another midfielder talking about Roma, he's gone on free back to his old manager and Jose Mourinho has picked up Matic once again so that's a bit on midfielders there and um, we're going to move on to another midfielder as well Ryan Gravenberch a huge prospect in the in world football an amazing player 19 years of age from Ajax has completed his move to Bayern Munich for about around a fee of 20 million euros which is only about 16 million pounds so uh, Ajax have obviously made some huge profit over that. Could they have got a bit more? Very, very much so. Um, Ex-Tottenham centre-back now. He was on loan at Celtic for the season. Now he has gone permanently. Cameron Carter-Vickers has officially signed for them and departed Tottenham. Well, Sergio Roberto, who also picked up a lot of criticism from the Barcelona fans last season, has renewed his contract at the Camp Nou, um, or Spotify Camp Nou now. Um, and... We'll be there till up to at least three more years. So that's, um, and so we're going to move on now. And obviously we move on now to some more later news. Um, now, obviously Nottingham Forest, a newly promoted side, are showing interest in Manchester United goalkeeper Dean Henderson. They initially held talks um, They initially held talks with Nick Pope, but I believe those um, did actually fall through. But Nottingham Forest have held initial loan talks with Manchester United over the loan signing of goalkeeper Dean Henderson, obviously. He has got a five-year contract until 2025. It would be a great signing, I think, for Forrest because they really need, to, as, as I always say with um, newly promoted sides, is that they really need to improve their backline. Going out, buying a striker is not necessarily exactly what you should be doing as soon as you come out. You've got to work on the backup, I would definitely say. Dean Henderson is a very good player. He's young. And I presume that Forrest would want to chuck in an option to buy because he could turn out to be a very good player for them. And obviously that's probably the mistake they made with Spence because he's now going to move on to Tottenham Hotspur, a higher level club, because he performed at Forest. Um, 
when you're thinking about a relegation team, relegated, um, sorry, a newly promoted team, where do you think they should improve, Oscar? Um, I agree with you. I, I think from from the back up, um, and now, um, you know, because if as you're going up, as you're going up, really, really, what is going to hurt you from teams that have uh, always been in the Premier League are, are their attacks because they will have strong attacks. Um, and you know, in the championship, the the, the pace of the game um, is is much slower there than in the Premier League, and your black line really does have to be prepared for that. So I think um, Nottingham Forest are doing what um, all the promoted sides, um, Bournemouth and Fulham, should do as well. Um, you know, they could have kept Samba, but he he were he um, he rejected. Um, talks for a new contract. Another big transfer story is that Lukaku may be on the way back to Inter, um, or just on a loan deal, though. But it seems that Inter Milan are confident that they can complete this loan deal um, for for him. Um, and um, there's a five million pound gap between the ten million pounds that Chelsea actually want for him and the £5 million that Inter want to pay in the loan fee. So there's a bit of discussion to go on there. And it's ridiculous, you know, really, that Chelsea paid um, £97.5 million for, for um, Lukaku um, just just um, this summer. And now they're just letting him go back on loan. So it's it's very, very disappointing transfer, I think. Yeah, well, to be honest, Lukaku hasn't actually been all that bad. I think it's more down to a personal, um, to personal altercations within within the within his within his experience back at Chelsea. Obviously, he didn't realise how much he enjoyed Inter Milan, um, winning, uh, winning the title last season. Obviously, was definitely probably his highlight of that. Um, West Ham United, who have only qualified for the Conference League, um, are very interested in Real Sociedad's Adnan Janjwai. Um, he's a he's a very good talent. Um, uh, he's um, he's twenty seven years old. They haven't really extended his contracts because he's off the, off the back of a quite a bad season. But um, he faces competition with Real Betis and Napoli, who are also looking um, to sign him. Obviously, maybe you would go for Napoli. Um, you get higher level of European football. That would definitely be um, a problem for West Ham um, because obviously last year Europa League is a very big boost for signings um but conference league not as much so european football is is a big um a big magnet for big players but they'll have to uh, they'll definitely have to consider now hugo etike there has been huge talk about him um newcastle have entered really really heavy talks with him is he ready for the premier league i think that he, um i think that um, there is talk about him not being ready. Personally, I believe he would be. He is only 19 years old, but you see it with lots of other players. They are ready. Um, and obviously the, at Newcastle, he will just take them up to that next level. Obviously, they, they, I presume their their, their, um, their uh, objective for the next season would to be to secure European football. So they need to make those statement signings by doing that. And obviously, Etike would spend a lot of time at um, uh, Newcastle, an upcoming team, an upcoming player, and um, he's only 19 years old. So, yeah. Yeah. What, yeah, what yeah, do you think? Yeah. 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 Well, I think that that would be a good signing for them. You know, he may not be able to start, you know, all 38 games as because, you know, he, he is only, only 19 years old. 
But I think it will be really good for him to um for him to um for him to uh, join Newcastle and get a lot of um experience. Uh, but he is one of the most ambitious young players um that um that uh France football expert Julian Lawrence has ever seen. So that is high praise for him. However, he has had some injuries in in League One, so that could be pos- that could possibly be something that um that means that he does not start all thirty eight. But I do I do think it will be good for him maybe so he he can start. Uh, a, a lot of games, um, not maybe not this season, but the season after. Um, so yeah, and another another player who might be moving to England is um, Jonathan David. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, he's he's another upcoming French striker. Obviously, he can play on the left wing as well. Um, you, he is a great player, and he's the sort of player that I think West Ham would love because he's a great attacking player, and he is just someone who will put the ball away. And that is, as we were saying about Haaland earlier, it's just the perfect thing. I I think, um, especially when you have the creative department. So obviously you have Jared Bowen um, behind you, and you have uh, Pablo Fornals behind you. He would really be the perfect player because he is definitely a definitely a proper target man. Obviously, yeah, uh, we haven't seen any particular interest, but um, there, there would definitely be Premier League interest. I think. Yeah. Very soon. Uh, uh, another um, thing that's quite interesting is Vinicius extending his contract with Real Madrid because it's interesting, you know, um, because he's 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 uh, ex- extending it until twenty twenty six. And you know there was always a little bit of uh, you know uncertainty because you always thought maybe you know he wants to he wants to move away from La Liga maybe uh, look uh, um, a deal to another big league maybe the Premier League maybe Serie A um, so yeah I think that is great from a Real Madrid point of view that they have managed to tie tie down Vinicius because he is a very very big talent. Yeah, Fabrizio Romano, the football transfer football expert, has um, revealed his salary and he is the new salary as of the best players at Real Madrid. So he will be earning at least £400,000 a week. Um, I presume, obviously, Rudiger on the same sort of wages and his release clause is a whopping £1 billion. So he's not going anywhere for a long, long time, according to Real Madrid. I think this... Personally, I, th- I think the release clauses have just gone out of hand. One billion pounds for a release clause is a lot of money. And um, he, obviously, Real Madrid have very, very big, um, lots of faith in him. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if if he just stays at Real Madrid his career, because obviously Real Madrid, a good team, where else would you go? So that definitely seems. Um, and he's also looking at a very good prospect. Now, um, to moving to North London, Arsenal and Tottenham are rivals, but they have both set eyes on Rafinha, with Barcelona possibly not being able to fund um, the transfer of Rafinha. They are front runners for him. It's reported that the likes of Tottenham and Arsenal are very, very inclined to sign the Leeds midfielder. Um According to the Daily Mail, Leeds want fifty-five million pounds for the twenty-five-year-old, and this for the payment to be instant, so not in instalments. Obviously, they need money to to survive the Premier League another year. Um, due to Barcelona's financial constraints, they would not be able to afford this. Um, you know. There is talk which club is leading the race. Obviously, Spurs have had have had talks with Richarlison, but same sort of fee. So I would 
probably presume Arsenal were at a further stage, but I don't think any formal bids have been quite made yet, unless I'm wrong, and Arsenal have put one in. Um, although Rafinha has not asked for a move, it's believed that um, by Leeds that he won't sign a new contract because obviously a player of his quality would want to be performing in European football. Um, obviously, the PSG move for Paul Pogba has, is dead apart, according to Julian Lawrence, um, the French football expert, as we mentioned before. Um, he has completed, according to One Football, a four-year deal to um, Juventus, obviously now back and forth, Juventus, Manchester United, Juventus, Manchester United. Um, I think Pogba is, if Juventus is the place place for Pogba to go, it's the place where he can show his quality. Um, and uh, I very and, and I very much know um, that um, he is he is a quality player and he fits right into the Juventus system. Obviously, they've had not very good um, very good of a season, but. Uh, I think he's one of the players to improve their quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely he definitely would um, agree agree uh, definitely agreed on that. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that he seems to have uh, just just gone um, to Juventus and Man United is the only the only two teams. Interesting that he hasn't looked um, elsewhere. Obviously, very very loyal. Um, to them, but you know, I have heard that he could be going elsewhere. Man City uh, were are rumored, um, and and other other teams like that. Um, it seems that Villarreal um, aren't in talks with um, Spurs over La Celso, which is interesting because it was heavily rumored that um, Villarreal might uh, snap up La Celso, but now those rumors have been almost put to bed. Um, so as a Tottenham fan, what do you make of that? Well, to be honest, I I would be very happy to see him leave. To be honest, I I think frankly he's been awful all season. He's paid, um does um you know half a season of good performances make on loan make up for two years of rubbish ones. No, I think he was an absolute waste of twenty million pounds, and I know that sounds harsh, but he was. Um, the very out of but but good news. Um. The good news for um for us is that the CEO Rui uh, Nugleros, um Lacelso is a player who has been happy here. He's made us happy, so they would like to continue together. But whether um uh, whether Conte has been impressed by um his imp- his performances, um that is definitely up to Conte to decide. Now we're going to move on to some international football, and obviously me and Oscar have some very very strong thoughts about last night and about the previous Nations League games. It has been really really bad for our country England and obviously what what is the next step because obviously we're looking we're looking towards um we're looking towards a um a world cup and it's going to be a very big world cup because we've been in a semi-final a final and so surely this is our time to win it um you would think but then you have a look at our last few results and they've been absolutely woeful especially in the yeah. Nations League which coming off a heavy season I can understand but can you give us your thoughts on that please Oscar yeah it's it's just not good enough one nil to Hungary drawing one one to Germany drawing nil nil to Italy and losing four nil to Hungary at, on the home turf now I'm sorry but um I do think that that is that, that's simply embarrassing I mean, 4-0 to Hungary on your home turf. I mean, no team should be losing to Hungary. 
um, especially not on their home turf, let alone England, a team to who uh, are who got to the final of the of the Euros um, last year and to the semi-finals um, of the World Cup in 2018. That's ridiculous. I think our whole team is worth around. I think I think it was 1.2 uh, um, billion, and um, Hungary's team is worth 150 million. So um, you know, it's just it's simply not good enough. And I do think that Southgate, I think he's lost it. I think he's lost it. His game plan, his game plan is too defensive. He picks his attacking players on how good they can defend. He picks Saka because he because he can track back. The reason he doesn't start Grealish. Uh, okay, okay, is because he can't track back. That's ridiculous. He plays he plays three three centre backs with wing backs, which clearly isn't working. Yet he just does it every single game, and then he plays two CDMs. Okay, and, and that and that clearly isn't working either. So I think uh, we need to see a change against Italy and Germany, or um, I I do think he's got to go because you know he 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 um, he, he he clearly shown that he's he's too passive and he, he doesn't make big uh he's not you know brave with his with his game management or and his substitutions so really uh if, if he doesn't really uh you know show that that he is um that that he can perform when the when it when it's needed uh i do think um he's got to go yeah, I, to be honest, I don't agree with that because I think Southgate is an absolutely incredible manager. The things that he's brought out of players you wouldn't you you wouldn't suspect to be that good on an international level is incredible. Obviously, C- Captain Harry Kane also supports him. Um, he said he said that he was backing Southgate in an interview. Whether that is just to cover up, obviously, you you wouldn't really say that you don't support your manager. Um, but talking in particular about the England versus Italy game, I was absolutely appalled, to be honest. I think that we played worse, I think, in the... I think we played worse in the... I, I Yeah, I think we played worse in the Italy game than we did in the Hungary game. And that is because we've had, we had about 12 shots in the Italy game. None of them went in which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Tammy Abraham up front, I, I appreciate it was a second team, but come on, it was an Italy second team as well. Uh, have a look at the lineups and you look at, there. There are there is strength in the English team. The four at the back system is what he reverted to after the first two games. Um, and I think Ramsdale was quite good in goal, but otherwise it wouldn't, he wouldn't have, Otherwise, I think we would have been definitely one down, one nil down, uh, unless Ramsdale hadn't made that save. But look, it's, that is a good team. Mason Mount, Raheem Sterling, Declan Rice, Ward Prowse, Rhys James are good players. So you've got to be expecting more from them, um, definitely. Um, obviously, it does come down to a, a big. They've had a long season. You, you know, you have a look. The Hungary game, we played a fully strong team, um, and. I, they have all had hard seasons. Ramsdale's been battling in the top four battle. Reese James um, been consistently playing. Obviously, he's come off the bat of an injury. Guerhe's playing well for Palace. John Stones doesn't really play, so he's not experienced. A very, very soft red card as well. Um, Carl Walker's been in a huge title race. Conor Gallagher playing well for Palace as well. Calvin Phillips keeping leads up. Saka um, and Jared Bowen in a top four race. Bellingham in a in the Bundesliga and Champions League and Harry Kane in the top four race. So I think 
you do have to put it a bit of it down to fatigue. Um, so obviously it'll be interesting to see what will happen um, uh, because obviously two Nations League games are in the winter. Um, they would all normally be in the winter, but because as I explained on the footcast TikTok, um, it would be um, it's staggered. Um, so that is obviously this the the uh, the strange thing about the Nations League this year. But um, to going back to the manager side of things, I personally think it don't. I, I personally don't think it's Southgate's fault. I I am a strong backer of Southgate. I think he's an incredible manager, one of the best to manage England. He's taken us to a World Cup semi final and a Euros final. What more would you want? So, um, I think Graham Potter would be a good good manager, but would he? Is it too late? Because obviously, two games until the World Cup, two games, and then we've got Iran on the twenty first of November. I feel like it'll be too long. I think I'd short too short, because he would have two weeks of training, um, two Nations League games, two weeks of training, and then more with the World Cup. It, you know, Southgate knows this team. I, I, I'm just, I'll, I'll be interested to see um, the last two Nations League games to see if we can actually make an improvement. Um, and obviously those are big games against Italy and Germany. So if we could improve, that would be great. But um, so would you definitely get rid of Southgate? Um, well, it, it, if, I, if, if the results don't continue against Italy and, and Germany then I do think so. I do think we have to. I do think we have to make a strong decision. But then I'm looking to see, you know, who who um, who could replace him before the World Cup, really. And, you know, you look at the likes of Graham Potter, um, who's at Brighton, but he's, he's, done a, he's done a brilliant job there. Um, would you want to be in the manager? We don't know, but, uh, you know, I think he'd do a great job. Um, and really, I can't see of anyone who who um, you know would really fit into that role like um, like him. I think he is the best choice. Um, but I, I do think as well that it'll be very interesting in the World Cup to see how we perform because if we don't perform, then we can't use the excuse um, that um, you know there's no fatigue because in the World Cup uh, it'll be in the middle of a of you know a Premier League season, it will be in November's. Um, so they will be tied. However, they will also be you know playing football. So they'll be you know getting used to to it. They'll be experienced to the season. They'll um they'll you know they'll have been playing for a, a few months. So they'll they'll they won't have to you know warm up like maybe you could say they're they're having to now because um you know the season just stopped. Um, but, um, you know, um, I don't know. It's a tough one. What do you yeah. think? Uh, as I've said, I would stick with Southgate and I think, um, I think, I think he's the right man, but I, th- I think I would put it down to fatigue. Um, I, I presume it has been a slightly lighter training schedule, uh, taking into account they've had they've had demanding seasons, right? They play at top clubs who are going to play um, in in a in a you know in um, in a big 
in a big league. So um, that's going to be it, I think, for this episode. Um, thank you very much. Um, uh, we're just talking um, <laughs> on the chat. Um, we're agreeing to disagree about the England manager. I have faith in Southgate, just to let you guys know. Um, thank you very much, everybody, for listening to If You've Got This Far in um, in this episode. Um, uh, sorry for the late upload again, uh, but fixture lists do come out tomorrow, so we will definitely be covering that on the weekend because that is going to be very, very interesting. And obviously, there will be more transfers to come. So if you do enjoy, remember to listen to the next episode. We'll try and get one out by next Tuesday.